It's good to give thanks. And when we get to heaven, we're really going to understand how much thanks we should give. And it will be great. There's a very popular hymn in the church and has been for hmm, quite a while now. You know the song, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Just a closer walk with thee, granite Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Is that the desire of your heart? Anybody here want to walk closer to the Lord? Anybody here reach the level of closeness and you're satisfied with where you're at? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) You wonder what the level of closeness that's possible? How close can you walk with God? You know, I've looked through the Bible and I can't see where there are any limits set on that. Isn't that a great thing? You know, the request made in this hymn is not a request that really needs to be made. Jesus made it all possible on the cross. The veil was torn. There's no limit to our access to God. The Lord loves it, though, when we tell him we want to be close to him, doesn't he? Yeah. And don't you like being told that, too? Don't you like when people say, I like being with you. It's great to be with you. And God's no different when it comes to things like that. That's how he is. That's how he made us. Who would not want to be closer to God, right? Because of who he is and what he's like. There's not another person in all of time that is as desirable as he is, is there? Who is like unto thee, O Lord among the gods, the psalmist asks. The answer is no one. No one's like you, Lord. I want to talk about that this morning. What does it take to be close to God? Or in this case, closer to God. We could talk about staying in fellowship with God and how to avoid things that take us away from God, but I don't, I don't want to concentrate on those things today. When we talk about being close to God, we're talking about communing with God, being in fellowship with God actively, so to speak. Um, and you can see this from the beginning of the Bible, that God is this way in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, The Lord... Uh, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I love that verse. It's not in a great place in the Bible, but I love what it says. Don't you? Lord was coming to see them. Why? He made them to have a relationship with him. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to talk with them and maybe even do things with them. I don't know. We talk about wanting to be closer to the Lord and should remember that that's really, he wants the same thing as us. One thing I notice here is it does not say the angel of the Lord appeared to them, meaning, a, you know, how God manifests himself in, in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord in human form so people could, could uh, see him and, 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 uh, and listen to him. To us, God is invisible, but he, but was he invisible to Adam and Eve? Maybe in their sinless state, they could see him as he really is. And maybe that's, I believe that'll be the way for us in heaven, huh? We'll be able to see God. Our world is so physical, and truth be told, it's, it's distracting from the invisible, isn't it? 
Kind of like Michael mentioned this morning in Breaking of Bread. <laughs> Clearly, the invisible is more important, especially if Jesus died to make it possible for us to, to see. So this is something we must deal with daily if we're going to walk with God. And I want to look at someone today who had a huge victory in this area. And there are not many verses written about him. But the verses that are written about him, if you look at them closely, very powerful. Look at Genesis chapter 5. We'll look at verses 21 through 24. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Notice it says in this verse twice that Enoch walked with God, as God wanted to emphasize that. He's not going to say a lot about Enoch, but he's going to make something very plain, very clear to us. He walked with God. And then look at how long he walked with God. 300 years. Can you imagine the possibilities in your life, if you could walk with God that long. And notice how his life ends. He's taken up so that he would not see death. The man did not die. He left life without dying. He and Elijah are the only two people in history that did not die. And the first thing I think is, well, why not? Why did God make an exception with them? Well, he actually answers this with Enoch. You look at Hebrews 11, verse 5. You'll see uh, similar words to Genesis there. It says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. Why? For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. It says he obtained the witness before being taken up that he was pleasing to God. Uh, Not typical language for us, but the New uh, Living Translation does a nice job of Hebrews 11, 5. And uh, that part of the verse says, for he was taken up, he was known, before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And so I have to ask, how did he do that? How did he walk with God? How is his walk different than mine? You know, if you ask this question in a church, a lot of the answers you might get will have a what I would call a religious perspective to them. People will say, well, he obeyed God. He tried to be good. He prayed. If there was a church, he would have gone to it, but there was no church back then. And if there was a Bible, he would have read it, but the Bible hadn't been written yet. (laughs) I think those things are are true about Enoch, that that he was like that. But But is that all he did? The verse seems to imply more. Unfortunately, a lot of people would think of, well, if, yeah, there was some guy, he wore long robes and he lived in a monastery and lived a frugal religious life. Do you think that really pleases God when people do something like that? A lot of what people think is right does not really make sense when we add God's perspective to it. You know, there are big religions that want you to memorize and recite long prayers. And if you were God, why in the world would you want to listen to something like that? I know I wouldn't. How does it help? 
God did not make us for that. He made us for fellowship with him. He wants us to talk with him, not say memorized things to him. You wouldn't do that to anybody else, would you? Why would you do that to God? Now, he wants us to walk with him. So what does it mean that Enoch walked with God? And I I did some research on this, and um, it gets a little complicated, but the best definition I found was, was this. It says, the phrase here used of Enoch has passed into common use to express intimacy of communion with God. It denotes more than either standing in his presence or walking before him or following after him. Listen, this part is the part I like. It combines the ideas of fellowship and progress. It is a picture of one who has God with him in all various scenes of life. Not just the quiet time, right? Do you get that? And I would add that it means he lived a normal life like us, but close to God. And you can see this in the verse. Because what does it say? It indicates he was married and he had children. And if he had children, that means he had to have a job, right? He had to take care of his family, right? And he had to take care of the regular business of life. He didn't live in some monastery, did he? The way that he lived his life was pleasing to God, but it was more than that. He, he lived with God. Do you see that? Do you understand? It's, it's not that he lived in God's house as we might commonly use that, that saying, but God was a part of everything that he did all day long. I can't help but remember what Michael was saying this morning. You know, we, we, we tend to get into work and whatever amount of time there is, we will fill it with work, right? That's kind of how we, we do things. Um, that's not, that's really not how God wants us to do things though, is it? That's, life is not about work only, is it? <clears throat> With Enoch, uh, God was a part of all of his life, and it had a huge effect on his life. It was as if God were visible to him all the time. You see that? You think if God was visible to you, it might change your life a little? Enoch didn't want to do anything without the Lord. Could we get a taste of that? And I thought about this. What, what, would, uh, what would that be like if I lived as if God was visible to me? Well, what if Jesus Christ were to walk visibly into this room right now? We'd not have to be told who he was, would we? We'd all know exactly who he is as soon as he walked in. How would we react? Well, for one thing, I'd certainly step down from here and let him come up here, right? Better listen to him than me. <laughs> How would our manner of greeting be? Well, it, it's not going to be anything normal, would it? It's, this, everything's going to be different. We'd all be on our faces worshiping him, wouldn't we? Yeah, we'd cancel this meeting. We'd start the breaking of bread right back up again, wouldn't we? And it'd be a breaking of bread you would never forget, wouldn't it? It'd be absolutely incredible. So he stays a while and then he leaves. Would that experience have an effect on you? Oh, you got to bet it would, wouldn't it? For how long would it have an effect on you? For the rest of your life, maybe? You have not seen Jesus visibly and look at what he's done to your life. 
Imagine if you saw him. It would have an immediate effect on your life as well, huh? As soon as we left this building, any problems in your life, especially difficulties with other people, would something would be something you'd fix right away, even if it wasn't your fault, huh? If there was some sin you were entertaining or dabbling with it or even falling into, that would immediately stop, wouldn't it? There might be other things in your life that you, you know, you'd suddenly get rid of or stop doing without question, huh? There'd be other things that you might start doing as well. Huh. He would have that kind of effect on your life, wouldn't he? I know he would mine. Well, now imagine before he leaves, he's, he comes up to you and he says that um, he wants to spend a few days with you. Would you be glad? Of course you would. <laughs> you love the Lord. You'd be glad. Might be a little anxious too at the same time though, huh? Might be a little a little difficult. Our lives are not perfect, are they? And because we love him, we would not want to be doing anything to make him sad, would we? Now the truth is, he already knows, doesn't he? <laughs> and it, it, isn't it because we don't visibly see him, we kind of deceive ourselves into thinking he doesn't know either. We kind of. Uh, act in a way like he's not there. But he really is. None of us come even close to being like him. And all of us, you know, know some things that we should be doing, we should change in our lives. So your, your reaction to him coming to be with you for a few days is going to be both joyful and maybe a little anxious. But he would know it. And really it would not matter, would it? You walk out of here with him and you go... And he lets you know that although you can see him, nobody else can. He goes home with you and he lives with you through everything you normally do for a few days. That was the plan. He wants to walk with you through your days as is. As normal as you might try to live those days in his presence, most likely it will cause some difference, won't it? Think about how your quiet time might go. Now, people do different things in quiet times, right? There's different kinds of methods. There's no one right way to, to spend time with the Lord. But there is one right attitude, though, isn't there? And that attitude is, is when I spend time with the Lord, I want to know him better, don't I? And I want to know whatever he wants to say to me. <clears throat> so uh, he's sitting with you while you read, whatever it is you read. And you probably have a, a, a prayer list too, right? Things you pray about every day, right? Don't you? So do I. So what effect would he have on what you're reading? What if you were reading this? Genesis 5, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. And he begot Enosh. Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. 
get a little repetitious, isn't it? Enosh lived 99, 90 years and begot Canaan, and he begot Canaan. Enosh lived 815 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. Canaan lived 70 years and begot Mahalalel. After he begot Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Now, most people, when they read genealogies like this, try to just read it really fast and just get through it, right? But now you're sitting in the presence of the one who wrote it. (laughs) And you're thinking that if it was important enough for him to write it, it would be important for you to read it right, wouldn't it? Actually, if you think about it, you might be really excited in reading the word. You might be hanging on every word. And sensing your excitement and being pleased with it, he might ask you, do you want to know why I wrote that? (laughs) Your answer is going to be absolutely, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Lord, I want to know why you wrote that. And the answer would be probably a pretty fantastic Bible study, wouldn't it? You then get out your prayer list, and though you methodically typically go through it, and sometimes you rush through it, it's not going to be like that today, is it? You talk to him as a friend who really cares about the things that you're talking about and the people that you're talking about, aren't you? You share the request with him, and he listens to every word that you say. And then you get up, and he expects you now to go about your day. And he's there with you the whole time. And you find yourself talking to him all day long through everything. It's communion, it's fellowship, isn't it? Decisions come up and the first thing you do is check with him before you make that decision. People are not present. No matter what happens, you deal with these people very close to the way he would, wouldn't you? If you commute the freeway like I do and you have um, been finding that people's driving skills have been going downhill, especially with the um, cell phone, I can, I'll confess with you that my attitude and my responses in some of those situations has not been good. It's been very frustrating, uh, some of the things that are going on. It is worse today than it was a year ago, and I can, I can give a lot of examples of that, but I won't bore you. But I have found that driving with Jesus is a lot different. When I remember that he is with me, it doesn't matter what's happening. I said, Lord, I know you're with me. I don't have a care in the world. And that's the way it should be. Huh? And that I've actually experienced that. And it's incredible. Let's say you're going to work. You arrive at work. Wouldn't you have the best attitude? Hmm? And greet everyone, even the people you don't know, with a genuine attitude of care. Hmm? Your behavior would be so affected by his presence that it would cause other people to be very affected too by your behavior. It would soften hard hearts. And to those who are having a really hard time, they would be encouraged by you, wouldn't they? To those who are in a fog or in a quandary about a decision or situation, just a little time with you might really lift them out of them, help them make the right decision. Huh? 
Were you actually to live like this day in and day out, your family would have their level of joy raised, wouldn't they? You would often find people coming to talk to you because you're like a well that's filled up, huh? And people want to come and draw. I thought about this too. It's very likely your energy level would rise and your joy would increase. All this time, just his presence would keep you motivated and moving in the right direction. I'm continuously thinking about him. Being able to talk to him at any time would be a huge help. Just a change in attitude makes a difference though, right? And it makes me think after he would he would leave that oh, I would never want to have a bad attitude again. I don't think that's possible, but that would be my desire. And it would become very obvious to me, I think, even more so than it is, how he's using all the things in my life for my good and for the good of others. Can you imagine walking with, with God like that, with that kind of fellowship and communion all day long? Maybe some of you do. I don't, I don't know. But this is something I'm personally working on. But when I read about Enoch and I read about how he walked with God, this, this is what I saw, that what he did was remained in communion with God all day long. Now, it did, wasn't it perfect at first. It took some time to build the relationship like it does any relationship. But because he wanted to walk with God, all day long. That's what he focused on. <clears throat> How is your walk with God? We can't all answer right now, but in your own mind, be as specific as you can. How is your walk with God? If we were to record answers from everyone, we might hear a little religious perspective to some of the answers as well, huh? Typical answers would probably be people talking about all the things that they do that are related to the church or God, right? The meetings they attend, the Bible studies they go to, people they're witnessing to, things like that. Those are all good things, right? But our focus in our answer tends to be on our obedience and on our service to him. Do you see what I mean? They are important, but are they primary The scripture says that Enoch walked with God. It does not say Enoch did more for God than anybody else. See the difference there? We're not just asking, what do you do for God? But how are you getting along with him? Not what are you doing for him, but how are you doing it? If we were to ask God how his relationship with you is, what would he say? Now, we know that he's done all that's necessary to make a close walk possible, right? So he does not need to comment on how well he's doing. He's going to comment on how you and I are walking with him. He's going to, he's going to comment how that's going. Progressing in a relationship with God is related to growing in spiritual maturity, which means at some point after practice, I begin to deal with the valleys in my life a little bit differently, don't I? Or maybe a lot differently. Whether it's a little thing or a big thing, I respond just like the Lord is standing right next to me. Like sitting in the car in traffic behind somebody who's holding everybody up. And I think, you know what, Lord? You're with me and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. 
So I'm fully confident no matter what's happened to me, I will not be moved into desperation because you are with me. I behave as if I can see him. I fully trust that what has happened to me will be used for good somehow, and all he wants me to do is behave as if he was standing right next to me. That's how Enoch lived his life. He didn't have an extra long quiet time in the morning. Most of us can't. But all of us can commune with God all day long, can't we? One of the things I noticed is that, did you notice, is that God doesn't give us a detailed account of Enoch's life, what kind of work he did, where he lived, how big his family really was, some of the complications in his life, some of the things that happened to him, like we see possibly with Job. And I'm glad that God doesn't do that. You know why? Because when you look at Enoch, we can't classify him and say, well, he was this kind of person and I'm not that, so I don't have to do what he did, or I can't do what he did. You see, God leaves it wide open so we all can follow his example. So anybody can follow his example or at least aspire to it. It goes back to the question, do you want a closer walk with God? We all do, and Enoch leaves as an example that there's no limit, really. Admittedly, he had more time than we do. But shouldn't it be our primary goal in life to want to walk closer with God? Shouldn't that be the absolute first priority over anything else that's going on in our lives? What then is most needed with my walk with God to do that? Well, if we look back at the hypothetical situation that I painted earlier and we see how different we would act if Jesus was standing right next to us, then we understand our problem is, is just because I don't see him, doesn't mean he's not there. Doesn't mean I cannot act as if he was. The reality is, is that's what faith is. It's the evidence of things not seen, like in Hebrews. When I live my life and I'm living it like God is with me all the time, my life is providing evidence that this unseen person is really there. So the answer to the question is, I need to live with the reality of his presence as continuously as I can. And how do I do that? Well, um, I'm going to, to share uh, what I've been doing. Um, I, people meet with the Lord at different times during the day. I meet in the morning. That's what works for me. I meet with the Lord in the morning. I work out in the morning. I figure if I get them done, then, then uh, I can't skip them later and nothing else can stop me from having them later. That's what works for me. That may not work for you. It doesn't matter. So if I start my day with the Lord, <clears throat> it's, it's, and I've, I've had this trouble over the years, but I've learned that it's not a time of just Bible study. Okay. Although I do, I am studying his word because I want to, I want to read something like Genesis five. And I want to say, Lord, why did you write that? What, what's there? What's there for me? You know what I mean? So I, I try to do that. I try to apply what, I, what I'm reading. And I know what he's doing in my life, and I want to listen to him through his word, or if he wants to speak to me. And, and I want to talk to him about the things that are in there, and I want to talk to him about people on my prayer list. I pray for different things every day, people who need to be saved and stuff like that. And you know, always during the course of this time, I find myself telling him how wonderful he is, especially when I when I... 
I, I just keep seeing things every day in his word that just blow me away. And I said, Lord, you are just really something else. That is just so amazing. That's worship, isn't it? And I tell him, you know, I'm really, and I've told him this a lot in the last few weeks. I am just really thrilled at what you're showing me. And then I get up from my desk and I walk into my day with God. In a sense, as much as I'm able to, to my quiet time does not end. If we say that there's not a, not a limit to walking with God, then why should it end? I try to live my day with the reality that he's present, and I can tell you it's not easy. In fact, when I first really started doing this, there, there were huge portions of a day or maybe a whole day where I might be so busy that I didn't think about God at all. So, but I didn't give up. I'm progressing slowly, and it's changing, and you know it makes a big difference. I think it was the same, <clears throat> I think it was the same for Enoch. So there's no magic pill to a closer walk with God. And I think that's a good thing, don't you? In fact, fortunately, there's no special knowledge or skills or abilities to walk close with God. There's nothing special you have to do. And guess what? Especially you young people, because, man, I tell you something. If I could be saved again, I would have been saved at a younger age. The young people here you don't realize how much of an opportunity you have to begin a serious walk with God now. And can you imagine what it will be like in 10 years? You have an opportunity to walk with God like some of us don't. The only thing that's required is a desire to do so. That's all. You just have to want to. We say, do you want just a closer walk with you? Do you really want that? You just have to have the desire to do it. And then you have to have the persistence to go after it. We do that with relationships with people, people we really want to know. We're persistent, aren't we? We, we, we go after them. It's the same with God. <clears throat> and you know what? He loves it. it you're not going to do it perfectly, but he knows that. What's important to him is your desire and your persistence. That's what makes all the difference. Okay. Can, and I just want to share some advice from my experience because this is going to happen. When the going gets tough and you find yourself failing and even following out of fellowship, get right back to him. Just be honest. Don't pretend like nothing didn't happen. Don't pretend like you're not struggling. Tell him everything. He's your absolute best friend. You could not ask for a better one. That's what he wants. That's what he wants more than anything. All his desire is, is your fellowship. That's why he saved us. He didn't save us to do things, although that's important and we do them. But primarily, he saved us for a relationship with him. And don't you see that the better my relationship is with him, the better I'm going to do with the things that he wants me to do. It's going to change the way I do them, huh? Because you've seen people serving before. They don't necessarily have the right attitude. Maybe you have that problem too. But the closer I'm walking with him, the better off. So Enoch walked with God so closely, and God was so pleased with him. He loved the fellowship with Enoch so much that he just took him. Took him right to heaven. 
Enoch walked with God and walked right into heaven. Begin to realize how much God loves it when you live in his presence. That song, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, maybe that's a song that God sings, only the words are a little bit different. Just a closer walk with thee. Granite Christian, if you please. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you this morning. Then a few words you say so much. And Lord, there's so much more to say on this subject. I am so glad, Lord, that you are the way that you are. We serve a God who is a person that wants a relationship with us. We're so caught up with other things and can be so easily distracted. But you are there the whole time, Lord. Help us from this point on, Lord, to begin to remember you in everything and talk to you about everything. Not just ask you for things all day, Lord, but share things with you, praise you. Just enjoy your presence, Lord, because that's what you want. And we want you, Lord. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.